All right, USC narrowly, narrowly avoided a little malice in Corvallis. We had Washington, a big win over Stanford. We had, oh, I would say probably the, the marquee result of the weekend was a late game, uh, uh, less than ideal performance by the Washington State Cougars. We're going to talk about all that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Well, you work all week on trying to identify who the eligible receivers are. This is Eligible Receivers, a show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So, kick off last week with uh, UCLA and Colorado. Here was a game that was played, and UCLA against what's looking to be uh, like a potentially historically hapless Colorado team, uh, UCLA comfortable 45-17 to 17 winners. Could have been worse, you know. Colorado got the last touchdown of the game here. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing to me when you look at these these score lines. Like, just incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, just UCLA doing it. You know, mostly with Charbonneau. You know, nine carries for 104 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's not an ostentatious stat line. He's the only Bruin in double digits and broke 100 yards. Dorian Thompson Robinson was the second leading rusher for them at 50, 56. Um, and then DTR went 19 for 23 with 234 yards and two touchdowns. That's not like like video game numbs by any stretch of the imagination. So I, I it's just like you can you can be left with no other conclusion than Colorado is just ghastly. Yeah, yeah, you'd say uh, extremely efficient from DTR, didn't need to do anything and did all of it. Uh, there, I, what I would say is most interesting from a Washington fan perspective, a little fourth-quarter touchdown pass from Ethan Garbers to Colson Yankoff, former Washington QB to former Washington QB for a touchdown. Yankoff, what, is, what position is he playing? He's fucking not quarterback, it would appear. Yeah. <laughs> what? I think he's like an H-back or something like that. Okay. Really good name out of him. Like, we always – I would have loved to get some more mileage out of the Yankoff era, but – Yep, we're stuck with this Phoenix. <laughs> stuck with Phoenix for now, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. You know, you did, You deal with what you got. Play play the hand you're dealt. Uh, that's right. Wiener-wise. All right. Um, man, it was really a short slate, right, of games. But let's go California and Arizona, right? Yeah. The – you know – Every you know every week it seems like Cal can't score. God damn it, Cal can't score. Well, I think we mentioned his name on one prior episode of this. Is that people in Cal have been talking about this Jaden Ott, the freshman running back? A good yep. god, nineteen carries for two hundred and seventy four yards. See, that's a good stat line. Yeah, <laughs> See, that's a, That's what I'm talking about. Fourteen point four yards per carry. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That'll play. Yeah. 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 I mean, and Jaden Delora throws for 400 yards for the Wildcats, and they end up, like, not even, uh, you know, like, they're not in the game in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's not it's not competitive. Yeah. I mean. So I'd I say, know. so I think that, you know, I mean, Cal's, I mean, they've always, you know, been solid on defense. And if this Jaden Knott guy is the, special, you know, like, just get, like, you know, they've been crying out for some explosion in that offense for years upon years. And this 
Ott guy has been good in every game they had except for the game against Notre Dame. I think he only ran for like 33 yards or something in that game. But he's been exceptional. And this is just like a this is like a make you you know sit up and take notice performance from him this last weekend against Arizona. Yeah, really, really good result. Hopefully, gets Cal offense starting because I mean, although I don't give a shit now that it's not non-conference anymore. I don't know what we care about that, but um, you know, it would have been nice if he could do that against Notre Dame, but. Um, I, I think it just shows that, like, you know, put Cal in the mix of, like, a like a solid middle conference team that can jump up and get you if you're not ready to play on a given day. Yeah, I mean, it tells me they're going to win a couple more games. Like, yeah. They're going to get a few guys. They're going to get a few few opponents that, that aren't paying attention. Utah against uh, the interim coach I haven't even bothered to look up for Arizona State. Uh, Utah goes to Tempe and – just you know, like basically sleepwalk uh, to a thirty-four to thirteen win. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't even know what you say. It's like a, a classic Utes game where like there are no overwhelming offensive statistics, and they bottled up uh, other uh, podcast darlings, Xavier Valade. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing Arizona State. You know they're looking for a new coach. They had 51 new players come into the program in the off season, so it's not like these guys are like Sun Devils for life kind of thing. Yeah, this is all new to them. They were obviously sold a bill of goods to get them on campus. Yeah, uh, this could get like extraordinarily ugly for ASU in the next couple of weeks. They got USC next, and then UW, so it could be a rough spell for them. Yeah, I hear that. I'm skipping all over the place. Let's go USC and Oregon State ball game here. Uh, USC ends up winning at 17 to 14, but they needed some action late. Quarterback for USC, Caleb Williams, did not look particularly good in this game. You know, like they, you know, what's amazing to me is you were talking before this game about the unsustainable rate at which USC is turning people over. Yeah. Eight or eight or nine turnovers to zero. Yeah. They are now 14 nothing in the turnover. Uh, category they did not turn the ball over and they appear like they they I know they had four interceptions and they must have recovered a fumble or turned them over on downs or something but they got five more in this game they are through four games they are averaging almost five turnovers a game in their favor and that somehow in this game where they had five turnovers they they won by three I mean that tells you Oregon State should have won this game. Absolutely, they should have won this game. Absolutely, and it's potential. Now, there's two ways to look at it, right? Is that like, oh, this is like, this is more close to what USC maybe accurately is this year, and as they face competent opposition, they're going to drop one or two of these. Or alternately, any team has a game, you know, like Alabama and Georgia have games every year where they just don't, it, it just doesn't go to plan. Uh, and they even on the night when they didn't have you know, like a starting pitcher, didn't have his best stuff, grinded through it, you know, and ended up getting the win. So I guess that story remains to be told for USC. Yeah, we were pretty bullish on USC going into this game, and they did not really uh, show us anything in this game that that, man, that would suggest that we were correct. Um, you know, they were, they were struggling on offense. They were behind late in the fourth quarter. I mean, they, they needed a last-minute touchdown, basically, to, to win this game. Yeah. Um, which – you know, is is got to be a red flag because if SC's they got that little six next to their name, like that the sixth best team in the country. I mean, I know Oregon State's having a good season, but 
that that is a red flag to me in terms of USC where they're going to end up at the end of the year. Um, they got to go to Rice Eccles. They take that performance to Utah. They're going to lose by twenty points. Yeah, that's like a it's a fun game because like people in the southeast are like USC's bullshit, and then like people out west are like Carmelis is all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> They're playing in half a stadium this year. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, no, that's true. They're playing in half a stadium. <laughs> that's just how that goes. All right. Ducks Ducks and Cougs. Ducks and Cougs. We had a game here where WSU was ahead in control with 725 left to go in this game. Washington State led this game by 12 points and would score another touchdown. I got to see the thing on Yahoo that does a like percentage chance they're going to win. So they were at 76.5. Yeah. Oh my God. 91.4% up 22.34 in the late. They're at 76.5% up 34.29. And then in the last minute of the game, that switches. Unbelievable. Yeah, this is uh, I, like I felt so bad about this for WSU, who uh, everybody knows I root for in every game of the year, but one especially against Oregon. Uh, I yeah. I haven't even said the the two word phrase of what this is, dude. But it's a pretty good example of what this is. It is. <laughs> it is. Unfortunately, it is. It's a it's an excellent exhibit that could be submitted at trial. Yeah. The truth of which would be the judge would be like, well. Yeah. counselor this is like yeah the thing authenticates seems, itself yeah this, this really seems to raise ipsa loquitur sir <laughs> yeah the, the thing which speaks for itself yeah um uh yeah this is brutal um i don't know does, is washington state gonna run the ball at all this year they have no rushing yards in this game basically I don't know. I mean, because, like, you know, in the first couple of games, the quarterback they got from uh, FCS was, like, really underwhelming. And then, you know, you're thinking, you know, as they go into conference play, maybe they're getting their act together here because uh, they had a solid old football game, uh, you know, the pre- the previous week. I forget who they played. Was that, like, Colorado State or something like that? Yeah, it looks to me like they had 53 yards rushing in this game. Yeah, they Ooh. threw up some points. This is like a class. I mean, you have to say, okay, so I, I, to be fair to Oregon, I think this is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the first close game they've played this year. And I thought it'd always be interesting uh, to see what Landing does in his first close game. This is an impressive game for Oregon because, like, a less mentally strong team uh, was offered the opportunity to give up down multiple scores uh, two times in the second half, you know? Yeah, and they and, and Bo Nix Bo Nix played really well in this game. Like he went down the field, he he did a lot of things that you know so far in this year you haven't seen. And I mean, yeah, they just they just literally just snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. Yeah, um, I mean, like that's that's a credit to that team that they didn't that they had you know they had the opportunity to quit and they didn't quit and kept trying until the clock said zeros and they were winners. And the Cougs, there's there's a term to describe it, but this is a. This is a, this is gonna hurt for a while. I think if you're the Cougs, this, they had this game. They freaking had it. Man. They had it. They, they had, had it. it. They should have won this game. They should have. They should have. All right, that leaves us with the Washington Huskies. They hosted Stanford. A little uh, nighttime action. 
uh, in the Pac-12. Uh, Washington into the polls for the first time this season before this game started. And they went out there and, like, like pretty comprehensively beat Stanford. And what was remarkable to me about this game was that it was – I don't think anybody, like – well, certainly on offense. Well, actually, I take it back. Roma Dunze had a monster game. I don't, it felt to me like Washington, uh, you know, had some red zone troubles and maybe wasn't scoring every time they could the way they had early in every other game this season. But, like, I mean, look at the win probability chart on this game. Yeah, it starts out at UW 83.5%, and it never gets any lower than that. Yeah, it's just Washington is- was going to win the entire time. The first score, UW had an 83.5% chance of winning. And the next, oh, I found 182. I can't even, yeah, 182.6. This was just, There's, we were just in control. Oh, it was yeah, just I mean, beautiful. Uh, Phoenix did not have his best game from an accuracy standpoint, but he uh-huh. went over 300 yards, two touchdowns. But yeah, I mean, he missed a few guys. Uh, missed the deep ball early. That was like you know a layup. That was that you know Jalen McMillan to the house. Yeah. If he, if he, you know, if he puts a little more air under that and lets him run under it, um, you know the defense, uh, a, a pass rush on defense will cover up a lot of sins. Yeah, um, and that was and, the story of the game for me. And and it was the absolute story of the game because college quarterbacks, you know, you could see it with Tanner McKee where even when he got time there were several sacks that resulted in him just kind of standing there just waiting for it because he just like, he wasn't really looking downfield. He was basically just looking to see where ZTF was or, or Braylon Trice. Um, and, and so it's like UW's back, back end uh, secondary, you know, pretty light, lots of injuries. Looks like some of those guys are coming back this week, but um, you know, you would going into the game, you'd say, man, they've Stanford has a real advantage there with, with Tanner McKee and the, you know, the receiving core that, you know, that he's got, but it just didn't happen. Like they had eight sacks in this game. You dubbed it. Yeah. That's, Washington that's, had had seven sacks on the season going into the game and more than doubled their season sack total. They just lived yeah. in Stanford's backfield. And this thing Stanford was trying to do with like these, slow mesh is it a run is it a pass if tanner mckee held on to that ball there was about three husky defensive linemen uh just trying to eat him alive yeah i mean i i i'm still you know as i think we all are because michigan state went out last week and got absolutely smoked yeah by minnesota so so you now you're thinking well maybe michigan state isn't that good which is like well no shit i watched them play in husky stadium they're terrible um you know yeah. how, how much is that a function of them just you know giving up after the UW game and, and being like, Oh my God, you know, so there's still these lingering questions, but to me, a lot of the boxes are starting to get checked, which is like that pass rush is going to be there. Yeah. Like those guys are good. Yeah. Um, and if the secondary can get healthy, you know, it doesn't, UW schedule sets up in such a way they're not going to play a ton of teams that are just going to absolutely carve it up, you know, in the, in, in the, with the passing game. Mm-hmm. The real question is mobile quarterbacks. And, you know, because the pass rush gets a little over-aggressive, you, you tend to break and contain. Um, and so I think that's, you know, but it's – for what you can take from this game, Stanford's not very good. But if UW is good, they did exactly what a good team would do in this game, which is they got up early, they stayed up the whole time, they never really let Stanford in it, 
And at the end of the day, it was like really pretty stress-free for if you're a Husky fan. Yeah, I agree with that. I also want to give a special shout out to Roma Dunze. Uh, the contested touchdown that he caught in, uh, who was yeah. that? When was that? That was uh, in the third, third quarter. quarter. Yeah. yeah, that 30-yard touchdown, which was just – I mean, he was covered. The uh, Just supreme confidence for uh, Phoenix to throw him that ball and for Adunze to just handle that in traffic where he was being, I mean, really, truly well covered there. That was just – it was NFL throw, NFL catch. What are you going to do about that? Not much. Um, you're going to you're gonna... – yeah, you're gonna lose Drew Stanford. I, I saw it. I I I actually didn't see this. I went and looked at it. UW now through four games has not played a single down of football in the second, third, or fourth quarter of any game this year where the game was within one possession. It's a good way to play football. It is nine nothing at the end of the first quarter of Michigan State. They would subsequently go on and add more to that. That was the game was never closer than nine points. Uh, Stanford, they were up seventeen nothing before Stanford got on the board, and then obviously Portland State and Kent State, they got a big on early. But that, I mean, that to me is like you wonder when it's going to happen. You were talking a few minutes ago about Oregon and its first close game and landing. It's like when is Washington going to be in its first, you know, in the second half of a game where you know it's a one possession game. Yeah, you know. It has yet to happen. It has yet it to has happen. Not. It's a, a beautiful thing so far. The dog dog train rolls on. How did we do on picks last week? We did delightfully. Um, sort of. I mean, you did okay. I uh, went four and two. You went three and three with Worm. Uh, Tubby went four and two. Adam, Kellen, and Josh all went five and one. Oh, nice. Excellent weeks for those guys. So first place right now, you got Josh at 29 and 11. Last place right now, you've got you and Adam at 26 and 14. And then the rest of us are in there somewhere. So three games separating last and first. Plenty of time to to make that up. All right. Well, it's time to do just that. Um, let me pull up this week's sketch. Week five, it's going to – well, we'll do our game last because it's our game. Um, let's Even though it's on Friday. Let's start off with – on Saturday, how about Oregon State and a rest for the weary? They have to go to Utah where they are 10-point dogs. Yeah, this seems like a tough one to me. You know, they're going to have expended a lot of, of energy and emotion in the USC game. Should have absolutely won that game and didn't. Way too many turnovers, which is never good going into a Utah defense. And it doesn't seem like Jonathan Smith has a, you know, a really firm answer at the quarterback position. Yeah. Um, so I I love everything about Oregon State this year, except I think in this particular instance, they're you know, this is going to be a tough game for them. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Utah. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm gonna take Utah in this game. Uh, uh, but it be be a good one to watch. I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Oregon State jumps up and and makes this a ball game. I just. I feel like, you know, you just look at the you just look at the way these things go and it was a late night game with SC, you know, heartbreaking loss. It's going to take a couple of days to bounce back from that. Then you got to practice, then you got to get on a flight and go to, you know, Rice Eccles, which is no fun to play in. And it's just a tough it's a tough setup for him, so. Yeah, agree with that. Um how about uh Washington State uh man, they could they just should be 4-0 right now. They're hosting Cal interesting 
I would say. Does it play into Washington State's hands that Cal is more on the ground than uh, Oregon was? Oregon did a lot of their damage through the air. Cal's not as proficient through the air. But, you know, is this another Jade Knott breakout waiting to happen here? Yeah, I wonder about that. I mean, the thing we've we've lamented about Cal over the years is like they've got athletes, like yep. good athletes. From a talent perspective, their offer, their roster has more talent than Washington State's talent. Oh, oh yeah, and and so if they like suddenly figured it out, but I I don't think there's any such thing. Like I I think that Jake Dickert has done a good job at WSU. They still have a lot to play for. I'm I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I'm going to take those kooks. I'll take – I'll try and reverse jinx them. I'll take Cal uh, to jump up, and I'll take the four points. Yeah, I could see it, man. I mean, WSU, you know, it's one of those things, right? They beat Wisconsin on the road. It doesn't look like Wisconsin's very good. Um, you know, it could just be that they're, like, similar to Washington and that, you know, just, we just don't know. You're just going to take just a bunch of games to figure it out. This is um, this is a great game where you get two three-and-one teams that are maybe performing a little bit above their heads – and kind of who gets to go on living the lie another week. Yeah. I mean, these two teams between them have lost to Oregon and Notre Dame. Like, that's not bad. Yeah. Like, not bad so they're at home. I'll take the Cougs. Okay. Uh, freebie, Arizona at home against Colorado, Arizona giving 17 and a half points. Brutal, man. I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I thought about this for two seconds before I'm taking Arizona. Uh, only because, Arizona looked so bad at Cal last week offensively. Like they just got run over their defense. I mean, got run over by, by Cal, but I mean, Colorado is, is an absolute disaster. They're so. wrecked, dude. They're absolutely wrecked. So yeah, I'll take Arizona in that game. Now we've got USC and Arizona state, uh, Arizona state potentially aside from Colorado, the worst team in the conference. Well, they're certainly the second worst team in the conference. They're in the mix they, for sure. I, I'm uh, USC to cover twenty five and a half points here, and I'm just writing it down like it's nothing. Like, yeah. Oh same. yeah, USC is going to cover this up again. Yeah. I don't think Arizona State's players are that engaged in the program. They're basically all wait and see mode, you know, to see who, which coach they hire, which they're months away from that. Yeah. Um, USC is going to be motivated to come back and and get the, their you know, get Caleb Williams Heisman campaign back on track, get their, you know, get the rest of the country thinking they're all right. Um, uh, this could be a smackdown and I'm going to get, I'm going to bet it accordingly. Yep. I agree with that. USC. How about Oregon and Stanford? Stanford though, also quietly, maybe the second worst team in the conference. <laughs> Man, they were bad. I, I, I do not understand what the, <laughs> what they're trying to accomplish with this slow mesh thing. I get it. That Wake Forest has got it down. But, man, it looked bad. It looked – I mean, it literally looked like the quarterback and the running back would wait an extra second and a half after every snap, more or less to just kind of let the defensive players get into the backfield. And then whenever Tanner McKee made a decision, it was like it didn't matter what he decided to do because he was, like, getting tackled. I could see this offense working with a quarterback that was more fleet of foot. You know what I mean? But, like, when Tanner McKee keeps the ball, he's essentially only keeping it to pass. And he's not like, and if, you know, if you had a guy that could run a little bit, maybe you can make the defense's aggression work against it. Cause then if you can, you know, evade the first guy that's coming to eat you alive, then maybe you got a chance 
you know, then people are out of position and then you got some scramble opportunities. But I don't, uh, you know, with their, when they were missing E.J. Smith, uh, it was just, you know, like if the ball goes in either one of those guys' hands at with the delay, you're not like super worried. If McKee could run, it's a different story. Or if you just snap it back to McKee and let him pass, he's proven he's like a competent quarterback. Yeah. But, yeah, it just wasn't – it wasn't it last week, and I don't think it's going to be it this week against Oregon. So I'll take the Ducks laying seventeen. I'm on I, yeah. the I'm on the give side of all these big lines. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I have this theory about Russell Wilson that reminds me of this Stanford offense a little bit, which is like Russell Wilson. I think is a is a sociopath, right? And he he reads his own press clippings, so to speak. And a couple of years ago, it just it just got to the point where it looked to me like he believed when he woke up in the morning that he he controls his own destiny. He talks about this stuff all the time on social media and other places, like controls his own destiny to the point where he thinks if he just like believes something's going to happen, it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. And it, he also talked about like slowing the game down. Mm. And then if you like watched him play quarterback for the Seahawks, the last couple seasons, like sometime it would look like he was operating under the impression that the game was going at three quarter speed, yeah. but like the defense was still actually going hundred percent speed. And so he would kind of get back there and just kind of stand there until he got nailed. And he'd be like, dude, just because you're like trying to slow it down, like that's not how it works. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you got to understand like what they mean by the game slows down for you is actually that your read and recognition is getting faster. Yeah. <laughs> so like you're understanding it. It seems like you took that a little too literally and, and are of the mindset that if you believe like enough that it's just slowing down for you, that these defensive guys are just going to be like suddenly slower. And here's the deal. They're not. So I feel that same way with Stanford, right? They're like Chip Kelly, like, you know, made Oregon, you know, into a national brand a couple years ago when he sped up offense. Yeah. And it's like David Shaw woke up one day and was like, Hey, but what if, yeah. What if, what if we slowed it down? Yeah. You know? And uh, I watched a game last week where guys like ZTF and Braylon Trice were like, Cool. Like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna give us four Mississippi to just like see how far we can get towards you before you even like start the play. Like awesome. Awesome. So uh that leaves us with Washington and UCLA. Uh Friday night, uh Pac twelve action, Washington's first road game of the year against the UCLA team that is also four and zero. So we got two undefeated Pac twelve teams. Uh this has trap game written all over it for Washington. This is a horrible situation for Washington going on the road on a Friday night in the PAC 12 is basically like the worst case scenario for, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say this and I'm going to, it's true. No team has ever won on a Friday night on the road. (laughs) I agree. It just, it just doesn't happen. It's, I mean, I was saying earlier that all the boxes, you know, like if you watch Washington play, they're just checking a lot of boxes. If, if, Kalen DeBoer can figure out a way for Washington to show up in this game and look competent, then, I mean, like, you got to, like, to, to piggyback our conversation last week, like, you got to give him as much money as he wants. Like, because this is just begging for a, their first three and out of the season in the first quarter, their second three and out of the season in the first quarter, you know, the punting, you know, like, it just has, it just has that, all the trappings of that. And so, We'll see what Kalen DeBoer is made of once again this week and, you know, like on Friday night because, you know, there's not going to be anybody in the Rose Bowl. It's not going to be an atmosphere game. Um, that ain't going to be the problem. 
but uh yeah it's um um well that can I've, present its own problem is that you just got to be entirely self driven you know like self motivated yeah and the other thing i think about that too is that's like ucla is like totally used to that you know like whereas yeah. like the washington guys are gonna be looking around and being like so like really you don't play for like this like i played in front of more people in high school it's like doesn't bother you like i think it like gets in their head more like ucla is just like this is what it is you know like this is this is how it goes yep all righty so that said uh dogs so the line in this game started out uw minus three and a half and now has moved to uw minus two and a half which is interesting so the money's you know the money's given ucla as a home dog um giving them the advantage here so we'll see i mean chip kelly They've they've got a good winning streak going there. US at UCLA, they've played absolutely nobody. Um, this is gonna be the first time that Dorian Thompson Robinson this season at least is under pressure. And you hit him early a couple times, it's it's gonna affect his mindset the rest of the game. So we'll see what happens. Yep. All right. Uh anything else? No, it was efficient. I love it. All right, that does for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. Uh for Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening. We will see you next week.